Welcome to the Parkcast series, episode 49, part 1. Developmental assets of children aged 0 to 9, internal assets. The Parkcast series brings evidence-informed child welfare practice to life by highlighting literature reviews from the Particle Archive. This particle discusses the developmental assets assessed in the Activities and Action Record, AAR, that were developed to track how well children are reaching key developmental areas. This particle will focus on internal assets of children aged 0 to 9, which are related to the child's individual motivations, competencies, and sense of self. As a practitioner, It is important to recognize that while internal assets focus on the child's cognitive processes, the family and community context within which the child grows up has a large impact on how these internal assets are developed. This section will cover the steps that caregivers, workers, and organizations can take to increase children's internal assets. Commitment to learning. Educational attainment is important for later child success. Child's transitions from daycare to preschool to grade school and success at each level is based on their commitment to learning and the support they receive from the caregivers to learn. Motivation to mastery and achievement motivations. When the child is interested in learning new skills and reacts to new activities in school with interest and drive. In order for children to learn complex behaviors such as writing, they must be first broken down into simple steps, such as holding a pencil, drawing a line, etc. What caregivers can do. Expose infants and toddlers to new activities and environments. Children learn by interacting with their environment. Ensure that the home environment has the toys, books, and arts and crafts to be mentally stimulating, for example, having puzzles that are appropriate to the child's abilities to practice problem solving, or blocks to have practice planning and constructing, and have a real or pretend tea party to practice social skills. Balance between teaching young children new activities and doing more familiar tasks, so that the children have confidence to engage in new activities. Praise children by focusing on specific behaviors required to accomplish the activity. Caregivers can teach children a wide variety of skills to make them more prepared for school. For instance, prepare children for science by making Play-Doh at home, planting a seed and watching it grow, collecting fallen leaves in the fall, or looking at the moon at night. Baking and cooking can also help prepare children for math as it gives them exposure to measurements and shapes and counting. Learning engagement and engagement in learning activities. When the child is engaged in multiple activities that allow for learning and development. What caregivers can do. Talk to the child about what they learned in school, what they like about school and what they do not like about school. Focusing both on the things that they like and what they have learned helps children feel more engaged towards school. While talking with them about the things that they do not like, helps to validate their feelings and concerns, and provides caregivers the opportunity to determine if there are any areas of the child's schooling that they may need to address. Help teachers make learning more engaging for the child by talking to them about the child's interests. If teachers of young children are aware of what subjects hold the child's interest, for example, dinosaurs, they can tailor some of the lesson plans or activities to coincide with those interests. Remember, teachers have just as much to gain from keeping kids engaged at school as you do. Homework and home program connection. When the child understands the connection between school and work completion at home. What caregivers can do. Children might have difficulty focusing on schoolwork, 
so provide a quiet place for them to do their work. Ensure that other members of the family respect the quiet study space to allow the child to do their work, including other children, adults, or pets. Make homework time part of the daily routine so that it is something that is expected from the child and not up for negotiation. If the child has no homework for a given day, the child can read independently or work on a fun self-study project, for example, growing beans and monitoring their progress day by day. Communicate regularly with teachers about what the child is learning. Support this learning with related activities at home. For example, if the children are learning about the seasons at school, you could go out on a walk and collect leaves with the child. Bonding to school or child care program. When the child is engaged with teachers and the school and or child care program that they attend. What caregivers can do. Volunteer at the child's preschool or school for a weekly reading hour, to supervise trips, or to, as a recess chaperone. It is helpful for children to foster positive feelings towards schooling environments if they see that their caregivers enjoy themselves in those same environments. To increase the child's sense that the school environment is a positive one, incorporate symbols of the school at home by putting up class pictures and having the school mascot or slogan on a t-shirt or cup, whether purchased from the school or made at home. Never use school or attendance to school as a threat, or describe it in negative terms. For example, if you don't study, you're going to spend your entire summer stuck in school. Or, I can't believe it's back to school time already. Refer to school and the child's teachers in positive terms. Reading for pleasure. How caregivers and children engage with written material is just as important for the child's development as the amount of time spent on reading. What caregivers can do. Caregivers can engage infants and toddlers with reading material, even though children at that age cannot yet recognize written words. Point to the objects on the page that catch the infant's attention and name it. As the child develops, connect the images in the book to the child's wider experiences. For example, point at an image of a cat, explain cats communicate with a meow, remind the child that you saw a cat yesterday at grandma's. Young children who are just beginning to learn to read might be interested in books such as I Spy or Richard Scary Books due to the large number of complex images that hold their attention and interest. Preschoolers and grade schoolers will begin to form their own opinions about the types of books that they find most enjoyable. The reading of any type of book, whether comic book, magazine, or novel, should be encouraged, though caregivers must ensure that the content of the material is age-appropriate. What workers can do Ensure that the child and caregiver have access to a wide range of books. As the child grows from infant to toddler, the level and type of books consumed will rapidly change. As children at this age do not have complete control of their fine motor movements or an understanding of how easily books can be damaged, obtaining books from libraries for young children is not always possible, as the expense of replacing damaged books becomes prohibitive. Secondhand bookstores or book drives are inexpensive ways to get books to young children. Positive values. An important part of child development involves learning the difference between right and wrong and making compassionate decisions based on pro-social values of caring, not just for members of one's family, but also for others in the world in general. Caring. When the child exhibits empathy and an understanding of the feelings of others. What caregivers can do. In order for willful or aggressive infant behavior to be replaced with more emotional containment and restraint in toddlerhood, infants need predictable routines and a parenting style that is responsive to their needs so that they can form secure attachments with their caregivers.
Child development is a series of interrelated steps. If infants have secure attachment to their caregivers, they will be able to form good attachments with others. Toddlers and young children who might have formed insecure attachments to their biological parents will require caregivers to approach these children with the same level of sensitivity that they would give an infant, so that these children can experience the developmental experiences necessary for secure attachment. For instance, young children might want to cuddle with their caregiver. Cuddling them will not spoil them, and it will help them learn to comfort themselves better than turning away when they want to cuddle. Traumatized children in particular will require repetitive such experiences in a safe environment in order to feel the security necessary for normal cognitive and social-emotional development. Help the child distinguish between caring and uncaring behavior. The first step in this process will be to help young children learn to recognize and label feelings. Once they can identify their own feelings and those of others, they can be taught how to look at their actions that impact and how they impact the feelings of others. Ensure that these discussions are taking place both for with male and female children. Female children tend to be socialized in order to consider the feelings of others, but the same process is not always undertaken with male children. All children need to be taught that it is okay to have feelings. Equality and social justice. When the child is able to recognize when others are treated unfairly and expresses concern about this inequality. What caregivers can do. Point out situations of inequality to the child and discuss them in the ways that inequality can be addressed. For instance, if the child is playing with two friends at snack time, but there are only two snacks, work with the child to figure out how they can split the snacks so that everyone gets an equal share. Enforce the you-can't-say-you-can't-play rule. This rule is a simple way of teaching children not to exclude others from play. Help children figure out ways that they can play together that is acceptable to both. Focus attention on similarities as opposed to differences between children. When children engage in inclusive behavior, call attention to it and compliment them. Encourage the child to speak up when they notice something is wrong or unfair. While children might focus on situations that they perceive to be unfair towards themselves, with little regard for context or age differences between siblings, they also can notice a lack of justice in the world and should be rewarded when they do so. For example, if they notice that a fellow kindergartner rarely has hat or mittens when it is cold out. Integrity and honesty. Young children have a very spurious relationship with the truth. The extent to which caregivers should push their children for honesty will depend on the child's developmental level. What caregivers can do. Toddlers are prone to little lies to avoid things that they do not want to do. For example, denying that they are tired at bedtime. Rather than challenging children of that age on their lies and creating an impasse, make a definitive statement. For example, it does not matter if you are tired, bedtime means it's time to sleep. Children aged 3 to 5 have very active imaginations that often blur into their reality, like imaginary friends and tall tales of things that they have done or seen that never really happened. These children will often insist that the events or people that they have imagined are real no matter what. While children's wild stories might be frustrating for adults, it is actually a normal part of the way that children process new ideas. Correcting the child that the events that they describe could not have happened is rarely helpful. A more effective way of managing children's imagination is to redirect the child towards other topics. Once children enter school, lying might become a way of managing uncomfortable or distressing situations. 
For instance, children in foster care may tell their fellow classmates elaborate tales about why they are not with their family of origin. Or a child may tell the caregiver that they have no math homework if they are having trouble with math. While the caregiver's first reaction might be to punish lies, it is very important to find out why the child is lying. If the lie is to protect the child from distress in social situations, as in the child that comes up with a story about how her parents are international spies and that is why she's not living with them, the caregiver should work with the child to come up with explanations that are acceptable to both the caregiver and the child. In the case of lying to avoid disappointing the caregiver, as in the child that was struggling with schoolwork and unable to ask for help, providing help to the child is more important than punishing the child for the lie. Model honesty with the child. This involves negotiating a fine line between maintaining cherished childhood illusions like Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and not misleading the child. If the child asks a sensitive question, like where do babies come from, answer honestly based on the child's developmental level. For toddlers in preschool, a general answer that two people who love each other very much can create a baby can be sufficient. For children in grade school, a more in-depth explanation can be given. While traditional explanations like the stork brings the baby might be easier, they can serve to confuse the child unduly and make them question the honesty of future caregiver explanations. Beyond modeling honesty with, when dealing with the child, explain why honesty is important. Like, honest people are people that you can trust. And be honest in interactions with other people, including family, friends, or even salespeople. The child will notice if caregivers are dishonest with others and might mimic that behavior. What workers can do. Children will likely have questions about why they are not with their biological families and when they will be reunited. Workers and caregivers should discuss answers to these questions to ensure that the responses children are given are consistent. Issues like parental incarceration or addictions can be framed in developmentally appropriate ways. For example, mom did something against the law and is in jail, which is like a long time out for adults. Or, dad is not well enough to provide proper care right now, but he's attending a program that will help him get better. Be clear that the child did not cause the placement and that there is nothing they could have done to prevent it. Children of parents with addictions are particularly likely to blame themselves for their parents' behavior, especially if they have heard comments such as, I need a beer, you're giving me a headache. For some children who engage in constant lying, it might be necessary to seek professional assistance from a therapist or counselor. Children who are anxious or feel that they or their loved ones might be punished if they tell the truth are more likely to resort to lying. Since lying can negatively impact other children's willingness to socialize with the child, Counseling or therapy can be used to help the child determine why they lie and how to decrease their lying. In cases where children's honesty is necessary, either in court or in more informal situations, asking children to promise to tell the truth has actually been found to increase the chances that children will tell the truth. Responsibility. When the child begins to engage in tasks to care for themselves and for others in meaningful ways. What caregivers can do. Engage in volunteer activities with the child. Options include settings like food banks, hospitals, senior centers, etc. Model responsible behavior in ways that are easy for the child to mimic. For instance, always put the garbage in the trash when at the park. Put recyclables in the proper receptacle. And always crossing at the crosswalk are all behaviors that begin teaching children a sense of responsibility. Provide the child with opportunities to help around the house, given their developmental abilities. Older toddlers can begin to dress themselves. Preschoolers can put away clothes, 
and grade schoolers can tidy their rooms or take out the trash. Self-regulation. When the child can manage their own emotions and behaviors in healthy ways, relying on caregivers when new or stressful situations arise. What caregivers can do. Young children tend to be self-absorbed, focusing more on themselves and their own needs than on others. Children must be taught that their actions have consequences not only for themselves, but also for others. This can be done by asking children to try to label the emotions of others. For example, the sibling from whom they have just taken a toy might be feeling angry or sad. And get the child to reflect on how they would feel in a similar situation. Set out ground rules for dealing with strong emotions. Explain to children that they can express their anger or frustration, but they cannot insult or hit each other. Help children understand how self-control plays out in their everyday lives. For example, when they want to eat all the cookies, ask them to consider what might happen if they do. They might get a tummy ache, there might not be any left for others, etc. Learning self-control involves the gradual understanding that all actions have consequences and the first gut reaction is not always the best. What workers can do. Some children require comfort objects in order to regulate their emotions and distress. Beloved blankets and stuffed toys can help children cope with new situations and stressful moments and should not be taken away or forgotten when the child is placed with a different family. Social competencies. Social competencies can help children begin to problem solve and to manage interpersonal relationships. Planning and decision making. When the child begins to plan for future events and engage in problem solving activities to achieve these plans. What caregivers can do. As children develop their language skills, they also develop the skills to express opinions. Allow the child to participate when simple decisions are required, like what kinds of vegetables and fruit to purchase for snacks. An added bonus to allowing the child choice in grocery shopping is that the child is less likely to avoid these foods at mealtime. At the same time, you must teach children that there are consequences to their choices. For example, if it is cloudy, we wear our raincoats and our boots because it might rain, even if it is not raining right now. Ask the child's opinions on matters such as what color to paint the bathroom or what to have for dinner. Let them know that their opinion is important. Even if it is not followed, it is still a valid point of view. Use a calendar to manage the schedules of everyone in the household. This will help manage everyone's activities and prevent any misunderstandings. Interpersonal competence when the child is able to play well with other children. What caregivers can do. Teach children to be realistic in their expectations when dealing with other children. For example, if a child comes to you because they want to play with the toy another child is using, you can instruct them that they can ask to play with the toy, but the other child is free to say yes or no. Brainstorm with them what they can do if the child refuses to pass over the toy. Like they could play together, they could take turns, they could trade for another toy. Before children get together to play, prepare your child for the encounter. Get your child to consider which toys they are willing to share and which toys should be put away while the other children are in the home. Encourage children to share and praise them when they do so. Sharing is one of the first stages to interpersonal competence and the ability to play harmoniously with other children. Cultural competence. When the child begins to understand their own cultural identity and to accept others who have racial, physical, cultural, and ethnic differences. What caregivers can do. Teach children about other countries and cultures. Caregivers can ask children to point out a spot on the world map 
Whichever country the child is pointing at can be the one that is covered that month. Find a book at the library that is about that country, cook a meal together from that country, or learn a few words from the country's language. Use language that focuses on the person rather than the general attribute. Avoid statements like a Christian or an Asian man or a disabled woman. These statements all focus on broad generalizations instead of the actual person. Instead, a statement like a man who moved here from Vietnam or a woman with disabilities places the focus on the person and not the stereotypes related to the gender, ability, race, or religion of that person. What workers can do. Check with libraries and schools about what multicultural events are, are occurring in the community. Help caregivers and children to attend these events. Resistance skills. When the child develops their ability to differentiate between safe and unsafe situations and what is acceptable and unacceptable behavior. What caregivers can do. Some children have no problem learning resistance skills. Saying no can be the standard response from some toddlers and young children, no matter the question. Caregivers can decrease young children's resistance to changes in activity by giving a five-minute warning. When supervising child interactions and one child begins to pressure the other, intervene with both children. Tell the child that is doing the pressuring that what they are doing is unacceptable because it is not kind and that they are making the other child feel uncomfortable. Tell the child being pressured that they can always say no and that there is always other choices. Peaceful conflict resolution. The ability to get along with others is crucial as infants and toddlers start to interact with other children. Their limited linguistic abilities and lack of self-regulation might result in physical altercations, including biting, kicking, or hitting, until they learn to express themselves and resolve conflicts verbally instead of physically. What caregivers can do. Children can be taught a simple three-step strategy for dealing with conflict. One, name the feeling. Two, state the reason for the feeling. Three, say or do one thing to calm down. After a few reminders from caregivers, children can typically begin to use this strategy without prompting from parents. Toddlers and very young children will need help from caregivers in learning to label their emotions. Another simple conflict resolution strategy is mirroring, and this can be used with children with more developed verbal abilities. One person explains their point of view while the other listens patiently before reflecting back the first person's point of view which gives the first person the opportunity to correct any misunderstandings. Mirroring can help both parties to understand each other's perspective. Young children will need to be coached through this process, while older children can begin to use it on their own. Avoid telling children to say that they are sorry. Children will comply without actually meaning it or learning anything from the transgression. Instead, teach them that an apology has three parts. One, recognizing what they did wrong, Two, understanding that someone else was hurt because of that behavior. And three, taking action to make amends. While caregivers cannot control children's behavior, they can control their own behavior. Ensure that peaceful conflict resolution is modeled in all your behaviors. Children will learn and mimic behaviors they see. So be patient when driving, dealing with telemarketers, or any other situation where you find your patients challenged. Do not take sides in disagreements between siblings. Allow children to attempt to resolve conflicts on their own, within clear ground rules on what is okay and what is not okay. So no name calling, no hitting, etc. Interfere only when these ground rules are broken.
Positive identity. The adults in a child's life help them to begin to understand who they are and what they could be in the future. The formation of a positive sense of self involves building their self-esteem, giving them a sense of purpose, and helping them view the future in a positive way. Personal power. When the child has a sense of influence over what happens in his or her life. What caregivers can do. Children learn to be autonomous individuals from the repeated practice of basic life skills. Though it might take them a lot longer to accomplish something that the caregiver can do in seconds, they must be allowed to practice these basic skills on their own or with minimal assistance in order to learn. Let young children make as many choices as possible during the day. Each choice is practice for decision-making, but also helps them to learn that they have a say in what happens in their life, even if the choices are small and seemingly inconsequential such as carrots or cucumbers for snack time, or choosing a yellow or red shirt for school. What workers can do. Young children who are separated from their families of origin might experience feelings of loneliness and helplessness. These feelings should be acknowledged and validated by the worker. The children's sense of personal power can be increased by providing them with photographs of their family of origin that they can view whenever they feel lonely. When possible, allow children to call their families of origin this will also help to decrease their feelings of helplessness. Self-esteem. Children who have experienced neglect or abuse are at risk of having poor self-esteem. Actively reaffirming the child's self-worth will increase their self-esteem and a sense of themselves. What caregivers can do. Maintain a notebook for each child. Record the amusing or interesting things that they say and their accomplishments. Add pictures to the notebook whenever possible. This notebook can be referred to when the child feels discouraged in order to build their sense of self-esteem and by highlighting the things that they have accomplished. For very young children, the accomplishments might be as simple as the day that they learned to hop on one foot or the day they brought their first gold star home from preschool. Tell the child every day one thing that you like or appreciate about them. Celebrate their successes, even in little ways like displaying their artwork on the fridge or cooking their favorite meal after they score their first goal at practice. Take an interest in the things that interest the child. Is the child interested in insects? Visit a bug museum or hunt around for bugs in the yard using a library book to identify the books you found. Taking an interest in the children's likes and dislikes helps to validate their perspective and give them a sense of self as someone worth listening to. Sense of purpose. As children begin to conceptualize the future, when they have a sense that the new opportunities and experiences are waiting for them. What caregivers can do. Celebrate children's milestones and achievements. This can include physical skills like tying their shoes, behavioral skills like putting their clothes away without being asked, or social competencies like sharing their toy without being told to. Set new goals as old ones are met. Positive view of personal future. What caregivers can do. Encourage children's positive view of their own futures by asking them what exciting things they have to look forward to this afternoon, tomorrow, and next week, etc. Even small activities like going to the movies or to a park can help children to become optimistic about the future. Conclusions Grade schoolers experience an average of 18 of the 40 developmental assets, indicating that there is a lot of room for improvement. Children who have experienced abuse or neglect will be at particular risk for low number of developmental assets and at an increased risk for juvenile criminal behavior, drug and alcohol use problems, and mental health issues. Certain groups of children are at greater risk and have fewer assets. Girls tend to have more assets than, on average than boys, 
white children tend to have more assets than racial minority children, and children in two-parent families tend to have more assets than children in single-parent families. All of these risk factors are outside the child's control and are indicative of the crucial role that adults play in the child's life in promoting asset development, especially for certain groups of children. As the legal guardian, child welfare workers must work with caregivers to ensure that children involved with the child welfare system are given every available advantage to promote their asset development so that they can succeed in life. These changes will occur only if children's assets are monitored frequently by their workers and caregivers. The AAR, while helpful, is only completed once a year, which may be less effective at identifying areas of concern before they could become problems. Frequent conversations with children can help caregivers and workers determine which assets need additional attention in order to maximize child development. You have been listening to the podcast series, episode 49, part 1. Developmental Assets of Children Aged 0 to 9, Internal Assets. At partcanada.org, you can access part 2 of the podcast on this topic. The podcast series is produced by Practice and Research Together, a membership-based organization that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information on this episode's topic, or practice and research together, please visit www.partcanada.org.